Welcome to the Flint Citadel's podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. Flint Citadel on Sunday, February 10th, 2008. 
This morning, we begin our journey to Calvary. Today marks the first Sunday in Lent, a time when we turn our attention from the miracle of the birth of Christ to the reason for which he came. Lent is a time for reflection, a time of searching the scriptures. Lent is a time for renewed prayer. As we spend the next seven weeks preparing for Easter, allow the Word of God to challenge, inspire, and move you to new life and renewed life in Christ. If there is a season when we are called to let God's Word transform us, this is it. Let's begin that process as we worship together today. Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we come together to worship you this morning. We thank you for all those who have done the planning and prayerful preparation to make this time meaningful for us as a fellowship of believers and as individuals. During this seven-week journey to Calvary, open our minds and hearts as we search your word and help us to be willing to make adjustments in our lives as we, became, as we become aware of your holy nudges. We want to become more like Jesus. We are grateful that you gave your only son, that Jesus Christ gave his life for me, for us, for whosoever believes. Challenge us, inspire us, move us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may stay seated as we sing. Uh, tell me the story of Jesus, and we are being encouraged to sing all three verses, and I think we'll do that straight through.
morning. Our respond, we're going to read a response of scripture this morning. How easy is it to let the business of modern life steal our time and attention from spiritual matters? How important it is for us to make conscious decisions to remove those things that crowd Jesus out of our lives. In Mark 11, 15 through 7, we read of such an episode. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. We may not crowd prayer and meditation from its rightful place in our lives, so in our business, may we not crowd prayer and meditation from its rightful place in our lives. Please join me in the responsive reading of Psalm 23. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, my strength was sapped as in the heat of the summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's Rejoice in the Lord and be glad. You righteous, sing all you who are upright in heart. I, I'm very shy because I, I wasn't asked to do this in just until about five minutes ago, and I don't know if I can manage it. However, we'll do our best, and we're going to sing the first verse. All ye that are upright in heart, and ye that have made him your choice, bid sadness and sorrows depart. Now, Bandmaster, we'll, we'll see the first two verses, and then we'll pause for some more commentary. <laughs> Here we go. Join with me now. That's really, you're going to get out of the meeting what you put into it. And God's going to bless you. <laughs>
I can see why the bandmaster likes to leave this band. I mean, you look up there, with one or two exceptions in the first row, good-looking people, with one or two exceptions. Back here, just beautiful. And back here, it's questionable. <laughs> Especially that trombone section. My goodness. Well, the, the third verse says, though darkness surrounds you by day. And let me tell you, I don't care what kind of a Christian you are, darkness is going to come upon you sometime. Darkness, the devil's going to throw it at you. Your sky by the night be cast, but let nothing, we're, we're asked, we're told, let nothing your spirit dismay, but trust till the danger will pass. Because you see, there's nothing that Satan can throw at you or to you or around you that Jesus Christ cannot lead you through through the Holy Spirit. No matter how tough it gets, no matter how rough it gets, he's there to help you. And be aware, it's going to happen. Someone might ask you, where's your faith now? Don't worry about it. The Lord will see you through. No amens? Amen. Oh, about time, my goodness. Here we go, Bandmaster. The third and the fourth verses. What the Thank you, Major. As, um, as he mentioned, God has been good. He has uh, just done miraculous things for Jim. And uh, we're just continuing to pray that God continues to, um, to help him to show even more improvement physically. And uh, just keep him in your prayers. Also, um, John Smith um, kind of had a little setback there down at uh, the Beaumont Hospital with... Um, heart concerns, but that's being resolved, and uh, she should be on the, on the men starting today. So keep her in prayer. Just God has been so good. It's like Satan's been throwing a lot of things at us, a lot of people having physical problems, but um, praise the Lord, he is, um, he is greater 
than anything Satan might throw our way. Let's pray. Lord, there are many things that uh, are on our hearts this morning. We have loved ones in the hospital, loved ones in nursing homes, fighting diseases, preparing for surgery. Lord, many just battling the effects of aging and the sicknesses that come around this time of year. Lord, there are others among us who are carrying burdens for family members, people who have lost their way. And Lord, perhaps some here this morning who themselves may feel somewhat lost. I thank you, Lord, that for those of us who are here, we've come to the right place. We've come to worship you and to be glad in your presence. Lord, even though there may be things that uh, bear down upon us, Lord, there's something liberating about worshiping you. And God, I pray that um, your Holy Spirit might grant us a freedom to just worship you and uh, praise you, and Lord, that that might be a tonic to our soul. In the reality of our everyday lives, journey with us, Lord, as we begin our way to the cross. We need to meet you there, but sharpen our focus that our attention may center more on you than ourselves. Yes, Lord, we have troubles in this world, but we ask you to lead us through the shadows of darkness and prepare our hearts that we might be a people of prayer, ready to receive and respond to your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. It is in his matchless name that we pray. Amen.
you noticed that um, we're in a political season? We're in the midst of the presidential primaries, and just last Tuesday was Super Tuesday. Um, if, if you haven't noticed that, you must have tuned out. As this campaign progresses, it's interesting to see how many of these candidates purport to speak for the average American. They brag about how they understand the plights of the common person and, and they promise that they're going to fix all of our problems. And all that, uh, that you and I need to do is give them their vote and a little more money. Why, if you'll do that, if you'll agree to that, they're going to bring world peace, eliminate poverty, solve the energy crisis, bring jobs back to Michigan, and they even promise to fix all your problems with your mother-in-law. Now, maybe I'm cynical, but um, it seems to me that none of these folks are in, in their positions of, of power, really understand the life of the common person. I mean, most of them are multi-millionaires. They're used to all the perks and the privileges that come from um, positions of power. I'm not saying they're bad people or that we shouldn't participate and support our political process. Just don't be fooled by the rhetoric, by the promises, and don't expect that human government can or should solve all of your problems. Please open your Bible to Mark chapter 12, starting with verse 35. Here we catch a conversation Jesus was having in the temple. It would seem that the religious and civic leaders of that day were very much like the politicians of, of our day. They were out of touch with the average person and they were more interested in accumulating power for themselves than for really helping the average Joe or should I say Josephus. Mark 12, 35-37 says, And Jesus began to say as he taught in the temple, how is it that the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? David himself said in the Holy Spirit, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies beneath your feet. David himself calls him Lord. So in what sense is he his son? And the large crowd enjoyed listening to him. Now, there's a lot of interesting play in there, but, but I really want to focus on the tail end of that conversation as recorded in the last verse, Mark 12, 37. Here we find a fascinating statement. And the large crowd enjoyed listening to him. The King James Version translates it like this, And the common people heard him gladly. As I said last week, Jesus was a great storyteller, a great communicator, and people loved to hear him speak. But Jesus was more than some charismatic speaker who told people what they wanted to hear. He genuinely connected with people. Why? 
Why was this? Why did Jesus have this ability to attract ordinary people? What made him uh, so attractive? What made people come from far and near just to get a glimpse of him? The blind people called out as he walked by. The poor gathered around him. People of diverse backgrounds, of different races, of varying philosophies felt that somehow this Jesus had the key to life and that he had the answer to their problems. What was it about Jesus that touched people so deeply and so dramatically? What was it about Jesus that caused these common people to hear him gladly? Jesus himself lived a a life of a common person for 30 years. And even with his sudden popularity, um, he still lived a very humble existence. He wasn't uh, staying in the finest inns or living like a king. He was living pretty much like the average person. And in the process, he made even the outcasts in society feel wanted and welcomed, loved and accepted in his presence. They didn't feel like they were um, not supposed to be encountering Jesus. Whatever it was about Jesus, it was powerful. And I want you to know this morning, it still is. Because he still is. One thing that must have attracted um, common folks to Jesus was what he had to say. You see, Jesus offered them hope. He brought them the good news of salvation. It wasn't just some pie-in-the-sky kind of hope. Luke announced in Luke 2.10 that the birth of Jesus was good news of great joy. And look at how Jesus began his ministry. In the synagogue at Nazareth, he stood up and read this passage from Isaiah as a preface, as an introduction to his ministry. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. When John the Baptist was in prison and was not quite sure if Jesus really was the Messiah, he sent emissaries to Jesus and the Messiah, Jesus, sent back this message. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news brought to them. Just like today, people in that day were starving for some good news. Religion for many people back then had become cold, negative, irrelevant, and sometimes even fearsome. Religion didn't speak to what was going on in their lives. Instead, um, it was distant and, and not really associated with the things they were struggling with. It certainly didn't bring them much joy. But when people heard Jesus, they heard him gladly because he brought them something they hadn't heard, good news. Over and over again, he said to them, you count, you matter, fear not, 
Don't be afraid. God loves you. God is with you. Do you realize how much people need to hear that? Do you realize how unworthy most people feel? Even Christians. Jesus brought them good news. Another reason common people heard Jesus gladly was because to Jesus they weren't common at all. They were special. Each person was a unique child of God to be loved and respected. Jesus met them right where they lived, right where they were. He went to them and helped them. He spoke their language. He didn't talk down to them. Instead, he mingled with them, visited with them, listened to them, ate with them, and accepted them as persons of integrity and worth, even those that society had rejected. And in this season of Lent, we are reminded that he ultimately died for them and for us. The legacy of the Salvation Army is similar. This belief in the infinite worth of the individual as a child of God forms the basis of Salvation Army ministry, social services, and all of our ministry. The Salvation Army got its start among the poorest of poor in mid-19th century London. Soon after its founding, the army came under fire from all kinds of sources. Some Christians didn't like our interpretation of the gospel. They thought we were um, doing damage to it. Passers-by resented our street preachers' calls for repentance and our noisy bands. Bar owners bristled when formerly faithful customers got saved and stopped frequenting their bars. In 1882 alone, some 700 army personnel in England were assaulted with fists, clubs, and knives. According to Cecil Barnes, in the United States, a soldier of the Corps at St. Louis was clubbed, stoned, and jumped upon until he died. A woman soldier was murdered at Pontiac, Michigan, not far from here. A doorkeeper died from stabbing in San Francisco. A woman captain was shot and killed in Spokane, Washington. The Salvation Army started among the poorest of the poor, the, those who were in great need. But the Salvation Army ministry was never one of condescending charity. Most often, the officers and soldiers themselves came from humble backgrounds. Today, it, it's not a whole lot different. Some of those little kids <laughs> that you see running around or that you think have no hope, um, someday can be Salvation Army officers. Maybe you can believe that, but um, it's amazing what God can do with someone who gives themselves fully to Him. They ministered to these folks, these destitute folks, out of solidarity, not superiority, not us superior folks reaching down to you, um, you poor, unfortunate folks. They understood that each person is special to Christ. And you know, you're special to Him as well. To Jesus Christ, there are no common people. There are no second-class citizens. There are no misfits. There are no outcasts in his kingdom. There are only children of God. 
This is the good news of the Christian faith. You can have His love, this immense love. He offers it freely. He offers it enthusiastically and graciously. It's available. And all we have to do is humbly admit our need, that we're sinners, that we need forgiveness, that that we need to walk away from our sin and, and live for Him. And then simply accept His love. Over the weeks leading to Easter, we will look at some of the people who heard Jesus gladly and responded to the good news, and we're going to uh, just examine their lives. We'll discover that these people, for the most part, were regular folks. They were common people, people like you and me. We will also see that some of them not only heard Jesus gladly, but they remained faithful to him for the rest of their lives many of them dying because of that faith in Christ. And as we go through this series of Lent, it's my hope and prayer that you'll be inspired by these powerful biblical stories and drawn closer to Christ. And if if you don't know Christ, that um, maybe for the first time you'll encounter him in a way that, uh, that you want to reach out to him. One day a man fell into an old abandoned well it was deep and dark. Now this guy was, was a proud and a strong man, so he thought, I can get myself out of here. But he was knee-deep in mud. The sides of the well were slick and wet. And for several hours, he tried and tried to pull himself out. And finally, he had to swallow his pride, and he called out, Help! Just then, a, a neighbor walked by and heard his cry and looked down the well and said, John, is is that you? What are you doing down in that hole? You're an embarrassment to yourself. You're a disgrace. So the neighbor gave John a piece of his mind and then went on and told everybody in town about John's misfortune and how he had told him off. The neighbor said, I've been wanting to tell him that for years. Well, all of this made quite a stir in town. But John was still trapped in the well. So he cried out for help more desperately now. Next, a couple of politicians came by and they saw John's plight and they were very upset. They said, this is awful. This should have been taken care of years ago. So they got the city council to pass a law and they put a sign that read, $25 fine for falling into this hole. And everyone agreed it was a great law. But John was still in the hole. So he cried out louder, Help! Help! And just as John was losing all hope, some people drove by and and heard his cries. And they looked down into the hole and they said, What a disgrace to our community. We can't have this. So they formed a beautification committee. They came out and they planted azaleas and dogwoods and yellow roses and it made the area around the well look very beautiful. But it did nothing to help John. He was still trapped in this hole. Now, with his voice raspy from calling and almost no hope left, John called out one last time, please, somebody, somebody help me. Just then, A man came by and looked down into the well and he saw John's awful fix. He had compassion on him and he said, 
Let me help you get out of there. He reached down his hand and um, said, take hold of my hand. And at that moment, the only thing important in John's world was that hand reaching down to him. Do you know who that was? Do you know whose hand it was that pulled John out of that hole? Of course you do. Most of us recognize that hand because we have seen it before. Most of us remember how Jesus pulled us up and out and saved us. Maybe we weren't in a hole, but we were in a desperate need. When others had only words of condemnation, words of spite, or maybe words of pity, Jesus came and he gave us a way out. And that is the good news of Christianity. That is the good news of our faith, isn't it? This is the mission of the Salvation Army. This is the good news of the season of Lent. Others may scoff at us. Others may fuss at us. Or they may ignore us. But Christ wants to get on with saving us. Hallelujah. Please know this morning that there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. That is why the common people heard Jesus gladly. He brought them good news, the news of salvation, the news that God cares for his people and is aware of their plight, the news that he himself has come down to rescue us from certain destruction. That's the message of the gospel. That's the message of Easter. This morning, if you feel like you're down in a hole, in some deep pit, I want you to know that there's a hand reaching out to you this morning. A hand that can pull you up, can pull you out. A hand that can save you. If you feel down and out right now, why don't you take hold of that hand? It really doesn't matter what other people think, does it? I mean, what have they done? Or what can they do to rescue you from your situation? Just grab the hand of Jesus and find deliverance. He's reaching out to you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that in our time of distress, you reached out and pulled us from the miry clay, from those circumstances, maybe circumstances we created that seemed to have entrapped us. I thank you, Lord, personally, that in my time of need, you were there. Thank you, Lord, that today nothing has changed. You're there for those who cry out and reach out to you in faith. And you can rescue us from from the worst pit, the deepest hole, the most dire circumstances. And Lord, this morning, if there's anyone here who needs to be rescued, I pray that they would simply accept the hand that's extended, that they would accept the forgiveness of sin, that they would accept the love of Christ, and the love of his people. God, 
do your work through your Holy Spirit in our own hearts. And Lord, perhaps um, at times we've been those who have walked by that hole and have offered not a hand out, but instead a, a word of criticism. Lord, might we be convicted and might we seek to um, extend your reach by doing your work here in this world, extending the hand of, um, of love, of fellowship, of forgiveness to those who are in desperate situations. God, I thank you uh, that you continue to do miracles. And I pray, Lord, that this morning you might do another miracle, that you might reach out and grab a hold of someone who, who needs you this morning, someone who needs your forgiveness, who needs your restoration, who needs their lives to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, might that be true today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The place we can come and find that hand is the um, cross of Christ. It is at the cross where um, sinners encounter a holy God, and it's at the cross where um, forgiveness is offered through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have the ability to have our sins forgiven and our lives um, renewed. And so this morning, if that's your need, um, I want you to come and to pray and to ask God for that. These altars are a place of prayer where you can come and you can uh, seek that outstretched hand. And there'll be folks who would love to pray with you. If you have other needs as well, you come too and pray. But specifically, if your need is for the the Lord, for the Savior, to lift you out of that place. Uh, what reason, what reason would you have to not take a hold of it this morning? We're going to sing song 488. The verses maybe don't fit so well this morning, but the chorus does, because it's at the cross where we find that salvation and that hand outstretched. So let's sing together. We'll start with the uh, first verse. morning knows that they need to reach out and ask the Lord to pull them up to rescue them from the situation that uh, you find yourself in I'd like to remember you in prayer if you'd raise your hand I would uh, be sure to remember you this morning anyone need to 
Praise the Lord. Thank you. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Anyone else see that hand outstretched and know you need to grab a hold of it because you're not going to get out of this yourself. Anyone else? Thank you. Yes, Lord bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Lord bless you. God is more than able to um, do whatever it is that you need done in your life. Um, but it has to start by reaching out and grabbing a hold of his hand and allowing him to rescue you. Yeah, there's a lot of things maybe that need to be done after that, but that's the place to start. We're going to sing the second verse. And um, I just invite you, if you've raised your hand um, and you want to make a public statement that, that you're trusting in the Lord, I invite you to come. Dull are my ears to hear thy voice, slow are my hands to work for thee. Uh, well, for some of us, we've heard his voice this morning. Let's not be slow to respond. Verse 2. strength. Maybe you feel like you can't see the way out. You're blind. God gives us spiritual sight. Maybe you're doubting, going back and forth. That's all right. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. You don't have to have everything answered to reach out and grab the Lord's hand. You just have to know you need someone to save you, and you just have to believe that Jesus is the one who can do it. We can testify that he is. But you don't have to understand all the theology and all that. You just simply have to seek him, have to reach out. So this morning, we're going to sing the third verse in chorus. And I again uh, ask you to stand and ask you to um, respond as the Lord would lead you. Strength for I
folks here this morning who should have reached out. Now, maybe you reached out from your pew. God bless you. God will take your hand. Jesus will take your hand. But don't put it off if God is speaking. Even after the meeting, you want to come and pray. Just come up. There's no judgment here. It's a place where you can speak with the Lord. Let's pray, and Jill is going to bring us our benediction in song. Father, I thank you this morning that you are abundantly able to do what is necessary in each of our lives. Whatever situations we find ourselves in, whatever struggles and burdens we bear, whatever obstacles seem to block our way, I thank you, Lord, that you are more than able to lift us up and out and over those obstacles. You're there to help us work through those things that we have to work through. And Lord, you have surrounded us with brothers and sisters in Christ who will um, encourage us and and give us support. So God, I just pray that this morning uh, victories have been won for the kingdom because Lord, another child has come home. Another wandering soul has uh, accepted the grace that you extend when you reach out to us. So God, uh, bless each person who has raised their hand in recognition of their need. Lord, I pray they would not leave this room without securing the power that comes from Jesus Christ. For we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint, at 211 West Thursley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199. Thanks for listening.